Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. Now this week I'm joined by Lucas Becker. He's the co-founder, along with his partners, and sales and supply chain director of Grillo Protein. Now for those who are wondering, Grillo is a Portuguese word which means cricket. Since 2016, Grillo Protein has been selling protein powders and energy bars, all made from the latest superfood making headlines, and that is crickets. Lucas reckons that these edible insects are one of the most nutrient-dense and sustainable foods on the market. He's originally from Brazil, and Lucas was working as a chef at Byron Bay when he and his partner and a couple of friends decided to start their very first small business together, all from the kitchen at home. Love that story. I'm going to chat to Lucas about why he made the unusual choice to include crickets as a key ingredient in his products and how consumers in Australia are responding to eating them. And I'm going to try them. So let's get into it. Lucas Becker, welcome to The Mentor. Thanks, Mark. Grillo. Is it Grillo or Grillo? Grillo. Grillo. There's only one L in it, though. Yes. Grillo. It's uh, written in Portuguese. It's Portuguese, is it? Portuguese. And you're Portuguese, are you? Uh, I'm from Brazil. You're Brazilian. We speak Portuguese. You speak Portuguese. Okay. And what does Grillo mean, then? Grillo means cricket. Cricket. In Portuguese. And uh, I've got some crickets here in front of me. Um, And for those of you who are listening, um, I have a handful of little... Gray, dark brown, looks like they're dried, um, crickets. Um, and uh, I guess, well, tell me the story. What's the deal about them? Why, what, what part do these crickets play in your, your Grillo business? Sure. So um, using crickets as an alternative protein is uh, the way we found to leave a better footprint in our planet, which is... Um, the main reason why we decided to go in business to bring more ethical food and um, cause less impact in the environment. Uh, well, okay, so let's break it down a little bit. So, is that an outcome or is that an objective? Is is that just one of your outcomes, or are you actually trying to? Is the primary objective to provide protein, energy bars, powders, and meals, which is you know slightly different because it's made out of crickets. Or is it to make something which is more um, environmentally sustainable? Because I, d- I didn't realize the other type of protein businesses are causing a problem on the on the planet. Can you explain to me which one is which? Sure. So um, we choose um, using crickets uh, because they they use far less resource like water, energy, and uh, food 
Then uh, oh, I see what you mean, as opposed to like a cow, as opposed to the livestock industry, for right. for example. Right. Um, so, do you, do you actually farm the crickets, or you go and collect them in somewhere in Brazil or yes, or in New South Wales so somewhere? They they all farm for human consumption. We use a cricket farm which is based in Canada. Right. So the, these crickets are grown in Canada. They're grown in Canada and farmed. Yes. And then. I mean, it looks like just a bit of shell to me. I mean, I don't know. What's the science around the protein in, in a cricket? I mean, explain that to me. So crickets are a 69% uh, protein. Uh, they are a complete protein with all the essential amino acids, but they also very high in vitamin B12, uh, iron, fiber, and calcium. So they are very nutrient-dense superfood. You're pulling my leg, aren't you? I mean, I, it feels like you are a little bit. I'm, I know I'm saying no. suggestion you are, but like... I've never heard of this. You need to explain a bit to me. I mean, like, is it some traditional food that's been being eaten for thousands of years by the Incas or something like that? I mean, yes. tell me about it. So the, they used to eat cr crickets 10,000 of years ago, and historically we stopped eating insects when we started to domesticate cows and chickens, and they became our main source of protein. Um, the eatable eat insect uh, industry in America and Canada has taken off over the last four years reaching around 20, 20 million uh, in sales in North America. And we see a good growth also in um, European countries and obviously in a lot of the Asian countries where they've been eating insects for a long time. I mean, in one little cricket here, I mean, there's, uh, for those people, you can't see it, but I'm, I'm holding up in my hand. It's about, it's about a, a third or less of my, one of my fingernails. It's a skinny little thing. I think it, I, I, I can't imagine there's much protein in one. You have to eat, eat a whole heap of them, do you? Like just to... Yeah, so so the serving uh, suggestion is 10 grams. And They're 10... crunchy. Can you hear this? <laughs> Very crunchy and no taste. <laughs> and in, in the 10 grams, you get um, about 155% of the RDI on vitamin B12. So it's a very good option. RDI being a recommended daily intake. Yes. Is that right? That's right, correct. Of vitamin B... B12. B12. And then that, now let's just have a look at B12 for a second. B12, as I understand it, is a very important vitamin. Generally speaking, you get it out of meat. Um, and, and a lot of vegetarians have difficulty with vitamin B12 deficiencies as a result of not eating meat. You can get it out, out of, I think, like mushrooms and a few things like that, but you have to eat a pile of them. Um, and vitamin B12 is very important in terms of energy levels and your um, your metabolic rate and also as i understand it it actually drives your those cells in your body that provide energy um so it's quite an important vitamin some people i know get it injected because they have deficiencies in fact my mother used to get that done because and she had um, when she had that motor neuron disease um and so i know a little bit about the vitamin b12 story um other people also need to get injected because it's very hard to digest vitamin b12 because it depends on the amount of acid you have in your stomach. If you have a low acid level, um, you don't in, um, digest or ingest enough vitamin B out of whatever it is, assuming you are, are eating meat. So tell me about why vitamin B12 is best supplied out of your crickets. I mean, I mean, not your crickets, the crickets that you import and you make your products out of. Tell me the story about vitamin B12. What, what, what are you trying to promote here? Sure. So what you said is 100% correct uh, about the vitamin B12. It's a very um, important um, vitamin for our bodies. Um, I will give you an example that I had in the past. I lived uh, the experience where my partner, she was struggling with vitamin B12 
in iron. She was always. Was feeling, that because she was a vegetarian? Yes, we yeah. did. Um, we went vegetarian for a couple of years, and we tried uh, veganism for about ten months. And it was very hard, especially for her to keep her energy levels. Her skin was very pale, so she was always struggling to to keep up through the day. And her um, naturopath was suggested that she would do the B12 shot, which would be a, a good option for the meantime. But she didn't want to rely on a, on the B12 shot for yes. the rest of their life. And we did a bit of research on um, what could be a good food to increase her energy levels but also something that we could uh, introduce in our daily diets. Right. And then we, my sister-in-law, Martina, uh, came across crickets on her, on her marketing research in Canada and America, where she saw that this would not just be uh, considered a food of the future, but would also have the nutrients that my partner was looking for. So we started to order, order crickets from all around the world. To o order them? Order them online from yeah, yeah. all different cricket farms which for me was very intriguing at the moment, you know, to jump on a business using crickets. I was very reluctant to, to do it. But after we start trialing and uh, experiencing on a daily basis to see if we would feel a difference, we saw that the energy levels started to rise. And my partner, for instance, she stopped having a B12 deficiency and felt much stronger. And, and did she have to, because it's intriguing to me, does she, I mean, I don't know. You, is this a particular type of cricket, or or, or all crickets? Do, I mean, so a, a lot of the crickets are um, suitable for human consumption. The species we use is called Giloides sigillatus. It's um, mainly found in Canada. There are a few on the wild in Australia, but the species used in Australia it's called Acheta domesticus and is used for a few of the the local cricket uh, farms in Australia. Oh, we got cricket farms in Australia, have we? We do. We do have one uh, actually in Sydney, um, which is uh, the largest cricket farm in Australia. There's another three startups which we've been in touch with, one in uh, Tasmania, one in South Australia, in Adelaide, and one also in Perth. But like, because my, like, as a kid growing up, you know, we had crickets in our backyard, sort of a, a green thing, and um, <laughs> used to make a bit of noise at night, especially in the summer. Um, these don't look anything like that. I mean, and also I remember as a kid, it was a terrible thing to say, but I do remember getting a few and squashing them and it was a lot of yucky stuff used to come out of like sort of creamy colored, greeny colored ugh, stuff. Um, do you have to clean these things up or how, how does it work? I mean, like, and these are dried, um, but is these being emptied out of, I mean, you know, all the crap, all the poo and everything? I mean, how does it all work? So um, we, we actually went to visit the cricket farm in Canada and it was an amazing experience. They, they do farm them in um, six different rooms where they have uh, each room, the crickets are one week ahead on the other rooms. So they usually live for six weeks Is that all? before harvesting. They can live up to 90 days, but in the farm, they, their species goes from six to eight weeks um, at the end of their life cycle. They just get um, washed um, and roasted, ground up into a very fine powder, which we use for a lot of uh, our range. And the roasted crickets is, the whole roasted crickets is something we only recently started to bring it up because it is a very controversial food to look at it and, and actually eat it. It's a bit challenging. I mean, I, they don't have any taste though. No, those are plain cricket crickets. That's that what is, a cricket tastes like. There's nothing... Exactly. What you've just put in front of me here, and for those people who can't see, I've got a, like maybe a hundred of these crickets. Like they look like 
they're like cockroaches, actually, those little um, small German cockroaches. And uh, um, they don't look very appetizing. They don't taste bad, but they don't taste, taste great either. They, I, mean, I mean, I thought maybe a bit of salt might make it feel a bit better or something. Is there, do you put oil on them or something like that? So, no, they just naturally roasted. And we just are offering the plain cricket powder for a range of um, Mexican and Asian restaurants who want to have uh, something a bit different to play, play it up with. Um, I'm, I'm a, a chef by trade also, so I use them daily on my recipes like uh, tacos, salads. I sprinkle the powder, the powder, and the roasted crickets too. Crickets. So let's talk about. I mean, okay, I, I want to. I'll come back to the product in a second because it is intriguing. Um, I want to, and you've actually built a whole number of products. So I just want to go back, right back. How old are you? Thirty-three years 33, old. Okay, and you said you're a chef. I'm a chef. By trade? By trade, you, yes. So you did a chef's trade? In, in Australia. In Australia. My studies here, yeah. Okay, so you're you're from Brazil and you speak Portuguese, obviously. And uh, your partner, same? She's also from Brazil. She's from Brazil. Okay. And we have two more business partners as well yeah, from Brazil. So you're, you've come to Australia when you're a younger man and yes. you've done your course. And uh, what made you decide to look, apart from your partner being sick, was there anything else that you decided, made you decide to go into something on your own as opposed to being a traditional chef? For sure. I, I worked uh, for over 12 years as a head chef in a lot of cafes and restaurants where I always did my best for others, other, someone else's business. Yeah. And I always have this uh, drive to create my own business. So I would give my best to myself and my family as well. Mm. And... Because we, in our family, there are four people um, with a set of different skills. We wanted to combine these together. Your family being your your immediate family, your brothers and sisters. Being my my partner, her oh. sister, and my best friend, who ended up uh, marrying um, my partner's sister. So, right. Okay. So okay, the, you're talking about you're not talking about your immediate family. You're talking about your broader family, your your your, your girlfriend or your wife, partner, whatever it is, and uh, and her sister and her husband. Exactly. So the four of you, all Brazil. All from Brazil originally. You just said, okay, let's try and do something for ourselves here. Exactly. And what's and you brought in the skill of? Uh, I used to work with international trade back in Brazil before I came to Australia and decided to become a chef so I could uh, become an Australian, Australian citizen. Right. So, but what skill did you bring in? You personally, what's your skill in this venture? In this, uh, developing the recipes and also looking after uh, all the sales and um, getting all the new accounts on board. And and what about your girlfriend or your partner? My, what's her, my what's partner, her skill? She's a graphic designer. Her sister, uh, she has a degree in uh, marketing. And uh, Pedro is a very talented uh, chef as well. So so basically you've got t two people can work on the recipes. Yes. You've got two people and the other two people are going to, between them are going to do the um, artwork and the graphics and also use those art, that artwork and those graphics to market your product. Correct. Yeah. Is that, and so that's... The four of you at some stage sat down and um, concocted this idea, let's go into business together. Do you remember the day that happened? I remember the day that happened. Tell me about it. We were all very excited uh, to go on business and leave our uh, current jobs um, in hospitality. We obviously knew there was going to be a long path, especially being crickets, which is totally new to the market. And we've, we still, until today, kept our... Um, part-time jobs to make sure that we always have the income coming to cash flow 
cash flow exactly that's smart yeah. and uh so do all of you still work in a like a traditional job or we just some of you there are four of us yeah. still work about 10 to 20 hours a week in um traditional jobs traditional jobs yeah, exactly yeah. and then you use the income from that to help build up this new business exactly and do, do the four of you all live together at the beginning yes and and does that um this is, sounds like a, like and do you all watch all your expenses i mean you're living lean and mean we we are very um controlled of our expense to make sure that the business would always have the most resource to keep growing organically and do you all do you all live together I'll ask you a question but do you all, all, all camp somewhere together you're like sharing a place or yes we were sharing a house in in byron bay byron bay oh you coming out from byron bay today uh three days ago we three, came okay. uh, on friday we had the um, stand at the Naturally Good Expo at the ICC, mm -hmm. which is a very big uh, expo for natural foods. So I just came and spent a couple of days at the expo and ended up staying longer just to come and uh, meet you and uh, participate. Thank you. And, I was, and what a great thing about this business too is you can live in somewhere like Byron Bay where you can rent a house or you know, rent a house. And um, if you're not in town, it can be a reasonably good price um, and you've got a nice lifestyle. Like it's... Up, up in Byron Bay is a pretty cool place to be. Um, by the way, people up there like this sort of stuff too. It's, it's a bit, this would get well received. It are would. you in the industrial estate or where are you? We are uh, based in um, in a farm called Haders Hill Farm. I know Haders, yeah. Yeah. We, on the, where the pigs are. Where the pigs are, exactly. Where the, yes. uh, okay, you're at, on the left side as you go up the hill. Exactly, where you see the, the chicken. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chicken, yeah, yeah. My mate chicken. Whitey lives across the road. Oh, nice. Yeah, and, and Haders own across the road too. They own the house across the road. My mate Whitey lives there. Okay, yeah. my, my friend lives with the people from Haders Hill Farm on a, on a studio, my business partner, Pedro, uh, and Martina, who is the other uh, yeah. half of the business, and then Camille and myself, we moved uh, three months ago to Lennox Head. You're in Lennox? Yes. Okay, that's cool. So, I mean, the good thing about this is, and for people listening, is that you can actually, th this product doesn't need to be based in Sydney or Melbourne, where therefore the rents are cheaper and everything else is cheaper. I mean, this is a product that gets exported around the place. So, you know, you can... What you should be doing is living where you want to live, so at least have some lifestyle um, mixed in with your hard work. Um, I, and I presume you can probably, being a chef, you can probably get good part-time work up there from time because there's a million cafes and restaurants up that way. That's right. And, and people coming and going all the time. So they're always looking for part-time people. So, so that makes sense to me. And the four of you have clubbed, you formed a club and, yep. you're, and you're all shareholders, I guess. Um, and together, all your skills, it seems like all your skills sort of complement each other. And you're all around about the same age and you're all family. So that's a pretty powerful combination. And then on top of that, then to see whether or not this is going to work depends on your product and uh, how you build awareness around your product. Now, we've got to go to the break in a second. Now, what I want to do is I want to come back to this process of building awareness about your product and what is it that you're messaging in your product. And, you know, in other words, it's all very well to tell me about it. And you know, I might see it on Instagram or somewhere like that. Um, but I, I need to be, what it is you tell me is the most important thing. Why do I feel compelled to try your product? Is it because of taste? Is it because of health? Is it because of environmental sustainability issues or just because it's a gimmick? Um, and uh, we're going to grill the Grillo business model. Okay, well, we're back with Lucas Becker, and he's from Grillo, or he's one of the four parts of Grillo. There's another three parts that aren't here today, but he's the guy doing the talking. And um, his product is, 
huh, it's hard to explain, which is which is what I want to talk to you about. Um, it's actually hard to explain, but it's a protein-based snack food like energy bars. We've seen lots of those energy bars on the market today. It's um, a powder which you can add, use as an additive to things like smoothies, etc., and cooking. And also right in front of me here, I've got a whole lot of raw crickets, which um, they're called roasted crickets. Um, they're a good, they're a gimmicky thing, um, I guess, but in terms of, you know, what, why people might want to try them. I've tried them. It's not the sort of thing I'm going to have, grab a handful of every day and have a, have a munch on um, because they basically, they have, don't have much of a taste, but nonetheless, I can sort of see the, the appeal. Someone might use it in their cooking, particularly if it's in a restaurant or something like that, because just to sort of make themselves a little bit more unique compared to some, some other restaurant. Overriding all this, as I understand it, if you correct me if I'm wrong here, is that there is a great deal of nutrition available as long as you have the right amount of these these crickets or the desiccated crickets. Um, quite a lot of nutritional value in crickets, which is unique in terms of animal protein relative to, say, a steak or a piece of chicken or a piece of fish or something like that. Um, and I... I'm, what I'm hearing is that there's a historical relevance to this. I mean, throughout history, people, natives in other places around the world, probably our own Indigenous Australians have been eating crickets probably forever. Um, I know they eat witchy grubs, and think of, witchy grubs and things like that, but I presume they also eat crickets. So there is some historical relevance to why we would start trying this product. But the big game for you, and I, I want to talk to you about this, the big game for you is, what platforms do you use to build awareness? Because, I mean, clearly one of the reasons you're here today is we're building awareness and you want to build awareness and you'll take every one of these opportunities by the throat and make it work. But you've got to build awareness about your product. Otherwise, people don't know your product. They're never going to buy it. The second thing is I would like to talk to you about the message that you give once you build awareness. So I, I let's say I know about it, but what is your messaging? And I just tried to describe before, and the messaging is sort of complex. I mean, there's a lot of parts to it. So how or can I let's start at what platforms do you use to build awareness? What's your awareness program? How do you do that? Sure. So at the moment we're using the most popular platforms like uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter. We have a blog and a website where we outsource um, a couple of copywriters to to help us with passing on the message on why we choose crickets. We also participate on um, expos like the Naturally Good uh, last weekend at the ICC. So you buy a booth or kiosk? Yes, a booth. Um, on, the, on the expo was the second year that we participated this year. And we also do a lot of um, in-person uh, workshops and uh, taste testings in all our retailers uh, that sell our products. Okay. Um, let's just talk about social for a second. I, I don't know how good Twitter is for you, but... Let's talk about either Facebook and or Instagram. Um, I presume you use those two platforms to drive people to your website to buy something from you. Are you is your audience consumers or is your audience um, chefs and health food stores? And who's your audience? Yeah. In our Instagram account, most of our audience would be the final consumer, which would be a lot of uh, females. But mostly people. Why, why females? It's it seems like the females are um, overall most interested on uh, eating healthier, but also choosing more 
sustainable and clean uh, food alternatives for their families. Right. Okay. So, so therefore, you're learning from your the people who actually look at your Instagram accounts. You're learning that females are your are a big customer of yours, and the reason why they're a big customer of yours is because they're very uh, cognizant and or conscientious in terms of environmental efficiencies. Because this is just more efficient than a cow. Yes. Because a cow eats a whole lot of grass and uh, you know needs a whole lot of looking after and also expels quite a bit of um, uh, methane into the atmosphere. And uh, you know you have to cut trees down to be able to put cows out there. So there's a lot of inefficiencies around cows, although we still need them. But there's a lot of inefficiencies. And uh, chickens are sort of the same, although they don't they don't tend to take up so much area. And cows take a long time to grow too. Um, these have a much shorter life cycle. And they take up a much smaller area, and you can get quite a good tonnage out of them, you know, over and over a short period of time, like six days or sixteen days, whatever it is you were talking about before. So, how do you tell that message on Instagram? Because that's a that's a big message. That's or do you just make the statement environmentally friendly? I mean, how how do you do it? So um, we do um, a series um, of things to try and pass it on the message on Instagram. We we do a lot of uh, recipes using our products where uh, Pedro and I develop the, the recipes at home. We also talk um, about the um, less uh, resources used on crickets and provide people with more information about how much water, land and feed is required to produce the same amount of protein on crickets and also with cows, for example. We try and look for uh, influencers as well that want to support uh, why we use the crickets, which can be a challenge because, it's, as you can see, it's quite an intimidating product uh, at the start. But we more and more see influencers on Instagram willing to, to give it a go, mostly because of the sustainability reasons but also because they've seen uh, the industry happening in America and Canada. How do you get around the whole concept of something being tasty? I mean, I know you're a chef and you probably... I, I got a couple of bars here. I'm going to try one of them. I'm going to try the cacao fudge, which obviously the base of this is um, your cricket powder. Yeah. Um, you can make this tasty because you're a chef. You'll play around with it and I'll, I'll give you a... I'll do a taste test now. I feel like I'm master chef and I'm about to taste some of this <laughs> stuff. But, um, and... Uh, but and, and generally speaking, protein bars all taste the same to me. I mean, they're generally not very tasty at all. Um, and it's sort of like a, it's nearly like a grudge consumption for me. I think, should I need some protein? Because I haven't had enough protein day or I didn't have any protein for lunch or whatever it is. So I'll go and buy a protein bar and I'll actually go through the drama of eating it, even though it doesn't taste very good. Um, have you tried to make, gone out of your way to, as a chef, to make this tasty? Do you, are you selling the tastiness of the protein bars as opposed because there's no tastiness in relation to the crickets themselves. Are you selling the tastiness? Yes, we, we're trying, the, trying our best to make them taste good because uh, obviously people want to eat healthier, but if in the end of the day, if it doesn't taste good, they won't go for the healthy. They want a product that tastes good and it's something that they are uh, used to eat as well. And that's why one of the reasons why we choose the, to start with the energy bars which is something that, like you said, there's a lot of options in the market and it's something people are more used to to eating. Well, this is quite tasty. Um, nice. tastes like dates or something. Yes. Is that what it is? There, there's um, yeah. a fair few dates in there. Okay. Um, so 
But you're right, these energy bars are going to be tasty, assuming you're, you know, you're a good chef, you know what you're doing, and I just had a bite of one and it tastes pretty good. It's not something I'm going to put in place of chocolate, um, unfortunately. Um, but if I'm looking at the crickets themselves, the dried crickets or the roasted crickets that are sitting here on a piece of white paper in front of me, I've tasted them. They're not tasty. So how do you sell that? To, do you selling that to to mums and dads and people to put on? Uh, like you can't sell that as tasty. You're selling that as healthy or environmentally healthy and also healthy for our body, nutritionally healthy. How do you tell that story? Yeah. So um, with the roasted crickets is is something that we only started trialing about uh, two months ago in the market, and we first we were a bit. Um, worried about how we would uh, bring them into the market and make sure people wouldn't feel disgusted about trying the, the whole insect. And we noticed that people were actually curious when they, they see the cricket because in a lot of cases, um, Australians uh, at some stage, they either seen or tried uh, crickets on their holidays in, in Asia, either in Indonesia or Thailand, Cambodia. And over the last year i would say with uh, growth in demand and also awareness from people in um, the eatable insect industry we noticed that people now they see the rosa cricket and they want to experience the this new ad adventure of eating uh, something different with the we have um, in the pipeline a range of uh, flavored crickets which would go with um, salt and paprika garlic chili which would be a much more palatable um, taste. So it's definitely something we'll be looking to adding the taste in the future. But what do you do with these now, though? Because, I mean, I mean I've got a packet here that says roasted crickets, 100% whole, plain whole crickets with no salt. There's no taste on them, right? Yeah. There's just actually no taste. For my, for, I can't taste anything anyway. How are you selling those now? Like, do you some with a recipe? Yes. So, yes. so, so how do you go on Instagram? You, you're on there doing a fancy cook-off and, uh, you know, because, I mean, Instagram is perfect for uh, cooking and food. Um, yeah. You know, you can make everything else look really great. And just saying, by the way, here we're going to just sprinkle a few crickets over the top. Is that what you're doing? Yeah. So we're creating a few recipes and uh, showing people how we use them to add into salads or tacos. Uh, I even sprinkle a few on my veggie curry when I do a veggie curry without any other animal protein to get that extra nutrition. And it's we like to say to people, it's almost like um, when you buy a piece of chicken or steak, you always uh, add something to it. You add either salt or a sauce or something to make it taste nicer. And uh, that's the approach we're trying to give um, use on people and say, look, this is uh, the plain cricket powder, but you can do all these things here. Uh, I mean, the whole roasted crickets, and you can add these ingredients to make it taste nice and uh, incorporate into your daily recipes. So the crickets themselves is not when you're when you're trying to market this product and build awareness and sending messages. The cricket isn't the meal you're cooking. The, the cricket's an additive. An additive. You're correct. using it as an additive. Yes. Um. And I, 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 yeah, I just think that's a hard one though because uh, I'm thinking to myself, well, if I'm if I've got steak or chicken, what's, I've already got protein. Why should I sprinkle a bit of more protein over it? Um, Take me through that. Yeah, so they would be um, a, a good option for people that uh, there's a lot of talk these days about um, meat-free Monday or eating less meat. So would be a good option for people that don't want to eat meat on a everyday uh, basis 
but you still want to get a bit of uh, animal protein, which will be easy to digest and get them uh, that B12 content, uh, the high content of protein, which is a bit harder to find on a vegetable diet. All right. Well, I mean, it, it sounds interesting to me. I mean, I guess I, in due course, we'll know whether your marketing program works. The great thing about all the socials is that you can make changes all the time, keep pivoting. I quite like the idea, by the way, of coming out with um, uh, like a flavoured cricket, like, you know, like, like they do with potato chips now. Um, and ultimately your goal would be if you can get into the Woolworths or Coles or into Macro at Woolworths, one of those sort of places, because, you know, Macro is out there always looking for new products. Um, of course, they'll take 30% of your price for letting you use their shelves. But at the same time, it'd be a great, it'd be a great way to build um, awareness. And it, but you'd have to make them tasty. They'd have to be, you know, chili flavored or uh, salt and vinegar or something like that. And um, what I, I guess what I worry about is all of a sudden that might take away from the the nutritional, or they might take away from the, the, you know, the concept of the what you're trying to do here, trying to do something totally or totally alternative. And then it starts to become a bit of a gimmick, as well. It, it's a mixed message environment, but it's it's quite uh, intriguing how you're going to do this. I'm intrigued. I sort of see some potential, but I don't know the way through. Yeah, but it's it's very interesting. It's 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 extremely interesting. Um, you know the the nutritional value, the historical value, the um, environmental values associated with it, um, the uniqueness and the novelty. Novelty sells um, for a while, then it has to become part of your program. Um, but novelty is a good way to get in front of somebody and get get their mind around it. Um, I, I have to say that that I ate the whole energy cricket energy bar because it was very tasty. Um, so good job there. Um, and uh, I presume it's got stevia or something in it, or, or is it, or it's the dates give the sweetness? It's the dates. Dates yeah. give the sweetness. Okay. Um, so, you know, I can tell everyone is that that's worth tasting. Um, explain to me your business model now. I'd like to know what the business model is. Like it's wholesale, retail, you know, your website, you know, how are you updating that, you know, all that sort of stuff. Who's doing that for you? Yeah. So we, at the moment, we, Doing most of the um, business model is run by the four partners. We are outsourcing um, things like manufacturing. Um, all our packaging get, gets done um, outside of the company, but designed by um, the two business partners involved in the marketing and branding. We have a model where we sell, we have three sales channels, one of them being online, direct to consumer, we sell to retailers direct, and we also use a distributor for uh, Byron Bay up to far north Queensland area. And I would say the... Um, Is it those, in shops? Can I uh, inter interject there? Is it in shops now? Yes, in yes. Bay? We have uh, 48 stores uh, stocking our products between Byron Bay uh, all the way up to Townsville. And this includes uh, health food stores. There's about eight or ten IGAs on board now. Oh, selected really? IGAs, yes. Uh, about ten. And of what them. are they selling mostly? The bar or the the bars and the powders. And the powders. Um, a couple of IGAs, uh, for example, Maleni IGA, which is a very alternative community on the hills in the Sunshine yep. Coast. Now they have the roasted crickets in there, and um, those are selling well there, which is nice to see. Um, I would say we also have a couple of the gourmet BP gas stations. Uh, up in um, Chugun, and um, also a Shell gas station, which is a bit more alternative in Byron, Lennox Head. 
So we see a few of the mainstream um, grocers um, interested in the in the market as well, especially because they see it happening overseas. And is, is there a model overseas where this has taken off, something like this? Yeah, there are a couple of um, brands in um, in America. One of them, which we we really like the work they do, it's called Exo Protein, where their first uh, angel investor was uh, Tim Ferriss, who was pushing a lot of the online sales for them. And they had quite a bit of investment from uh, private companies to, to grow their business. I would say they are the number one uh, company in, in the market at the moment. And what's your goal? I mean, what do you want, what do you want to do with this? Where do you want to take it all? Our goal is uh, to become um, the number one um, leader in the Southern Hemisphere on producing um, products made out of insects, which uh, offer a more sustainable uh, food choice for people. Not just not just crickets, insects generally. It could be insects in general because there are a lot of other insects which are uh, also high nutrition, but a bit more intimidating than, than the crickets. Uh, there's a lot of talk saying in, uh, in America that a cricket is the gateway bug which is a bit more acceptable for people to try. We're not going to start eating spiders or something, are we? No. <laughs> yeah, opposed to the spiders, for example, which is a very... Termites. Um, termites. Um, that's the nor- uh, I had before the green ants from the Northern Territory, which yep. taste very limey. Caterpillars, mealworm, silkworm is a big one on protein with about 90% protein on the silkworms. So there's a lot of insects that could be good for human consumption, but they say cricket is number well, one. Uh, this is um, quite an interesting proposition. I mean, I, we could be talking about something that's maybe in five or ten years' time. Um, there's a whole new world of uh, what we consume, what we eat, and I, I, I'm excited. I'm nervous for you, but I'm excited at the same time, um, just to be able to be able to interview somebody who's um, who's at the beginning of this journey. This, this is a great journey. I always give everybody the opportunity to ask me one question. What one question you want to ask me? Because I'm being asking all the questions. Sure. I think the, the one question um, I would like to, uh, to ask you is how would you try to overcome the cultural barrier of eating uh, insect and uh, convincing people that uh, for sustainable reasons, we should be trying to eat this uh, kind of foods? Um, I wouldn't try and convince people we should overcome the cultural barrier because of sustainable reasons. I'd be saying to people that um, I'd be trying to break down the cultural barrier and I'd be doing that by getting people to get up and talk about it. People like Pete Evans, for example. Yes. I mean, Pete Evans is on a cannabis campaign at the moment, right? He's mad about it. And he's actually breaking down the cultural barriers around cannabis. He's doing a good job at it, I think. Cannabis products. Um, in particular, uh, I think it's called CBD or CBA or whatever the other CBA. It is, but it's a it's a cannabinoid. It's not something with THC in it. So therefore, get he, he but he's doing it through an education program, and he's consistent and persistent at it. So I think something like this, and someone like Pete Evans driving it, like driving the the messaging for you, is the way forward. Not and it's not about sustainability. It is about sustainability, but that's not how it starts. It's talking about it's it's about getting people to to draw their attention to the individual who's actually endorsing it. And saying this is a good thing, and it actually tastes okay, and it's good for you at the same time, and it's good for the environment at the end. Yeah. If it doesn't taste any good, and if it's not good for you, people don't give a shit about the environment. I reckon. I'm I'm talking about the the, the majority of people, the numbers of people you need to make this a business model. Okay. Exactly. I'm not suggesting the ethics around. I'm just saying in commercial sense. Um. So you need to make it look like it's good value. It's nutritionally good for you, and it's tasty. 
and it's it's a new thing that everybody should get on board. And you need, I think, you need someone like a, a, you know Gary Megan or Pete Evans or so, someone who's a bit controversial. And uh, that to me is that's a, a key to it. Or that's how I would do. I'd be trying to build break down the cultural resistance to it because of ignorance. And to do that, you need a person who's good at explaining stuff. And Pete, he's not just a well-known chef. He's good at explaining stuff. And he's out there. You know, you need an out there person because this is sort of like an out there product in some respects. Yep. And I reckon that's the way you do it. And if you get someone like him on board, then I think you've got a, a great chance of fast forwarding the evolution into this product. Because I, you know, for me, ultimately that's where we're all going to go. The, the whole planet's got to go there. But what it is for you is you want to get it done fast because you just can't hang in there for the next 25 years hoping that everyone's going to take this product up. You need it to happen quick. So maybe you're the guy who's got to make it happen quick. I want to say to you, I think this is, is, a, is a great start to my week. Um, I'm, I love this sort of innovative thinking. Um, I like the fact that four young people are having a crack. What's even better is we've got four young people who are from Brazil and now are living in Australia and up in uh, the north and New South Wales and the northern rivers areas. Also, that's, that's an important thing for me because I like to see those areas come up with these innovations, particularly around food. So thank you very much. Good luck with this venture, and I'm going to be watching it very, very closely. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me. You're welcome.